Hi, welcome to the Church Home Podcast. My name is Chelsea and you are about to hear a message from me. I always love being able to communicate about Jesus and His love and the incredible plan that He has for our lives for good. If there's anything that we can do for you as a church community, please let us know. We're available for you at churchhome.org slash pastor chat. And we would love to have a conversation with you, pray with you, do whatever we can to serve you exactly where you are. Enjoy the message. Church Home, we're so excited to come to you from Singapore once again. You know, one of the beautiful things about being in this part of the world is that we have Church at Home hosts from Singapore, from different places around Southeast Asia. And you know, it's great for us not to just hear everything from Seattle all the time, we're from LA all the time, but realize we are a church around the world and seeing our brothers and sisters here in Asia has been so wonderful and so beautiful and we love the city nation of Singapore. It's been really incredible. And I'm excited to talk today as we're continuing in our series of the last conversation of Jesus. You know, there's something about last words that are so important. And these last moments where Jesus sat down with his disciples at the Passover supper, and he knew he was about to die and go to heaven and do all these big changes. And so these words of Jesus are so important. And we see them recorded in the book of John in the last few chapters, really John 13 to 18. And interwoven throughout these chapters, Jesus references and he makes this hint of this one topic, of this one gift, of something that is going to change after he dies. And it goes, and Jesus calls it a gift. He says, I'm gonna give you a gift. I'm going to give you something so important. So these next few moments, we're going to talk about that gift. But I have to make a confession as we get started, and you have to promise not to judge me based on my confession, but here it is. I am a person who completely judges a gift based on its value. I'll say that again and you can judge me again. I am a person who completely judges a gift based on its value. But before you judge me too hard, it's not necessarily the value you think it's going to be. See, it's not monetary value. I actually drive my husband crazy. And it's because of this, my love language is quality time. And because quality time means a lot to me, I judge a gift based on the value of the time that Judah spent thinking about it, researching it, buying a gift. To me, that is what makes a gift valuable. I think that's a pretty good indication of knowing whether or not a gift is a good gift or not, which is how valuable it is. And here's what amazes me about the gift that Jesus says he's going to give us after his resurrection and ascension. This gift is so valuable. Jesus says in John chapter 14, that this gift is more valuable than if Jesus would have stayed on the planet in his resurrected form. Can you think about that with me for a second? Can you imagine if Jesus, who resurrected 2000 years ago, if he had stayed here that whole time? What if Jesus was in Jerusalem, built a temple, we could all go see him, he was there teaching every day, and we could see the love in his eyes. In fact, it wasn't just in his eyes, we could see him healing, we could see him doing miracles, and he had been doing this consistently for 2000 years. I don't know, I think that would have had a pretty significant worldwide impact in the message and person of Jesus. But Jesus actually said 
that the gift he is going to give us is more valuable than if his presence had been here for the last 2,000 years. Jesus said, it is to your advantage that I go away. And he wasn't talking about his death. He was talking about his post-resurrection body. As you know, he, he was here for weeks and weeks, seen by hundreds of people. And then he literally, his resurrected body ascended into heaven. It was that ascension that Jesus was talking about when he said, it is good for me to go away. And he said, because I go away, I'm going to send you a helper. I'm going to give you this gift. I am going to send this incredible gift to you. And what was that gift? That gift is the person of the Holy Spirit. And we say Holy Spirit, and I don't know, when you I say spirit, I, I picture all the ghosts floating around at the Disneyland haunted house. I really love Disneyland and all the rides. And so it's like, oh, what is the Holy Spirit? Is it kind of part of Jesus that floats around? What, what is the Holy Spirit? I'll tell you really briefly. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. Maybe you've heard of the Trinity before. It's really that the God that we serve and worship is three in one. He's God the Father, He's God the Son, and He's God the Holy Spirit. You can think of it like an egg. You know how an egg has a shell and an egg has the egg white and an egg has the yolk? Each one of those are eggs, but they're not all, they're different. They're distinguishable. They're different. And of course, time falls very short to try to understand something that is very mind-blowing, that God is three in one. But God is three in one. He's God the Father, and we see Him, and God is Jesus, and we see Him who lived and walked this planet for 30 years. But God is also God, the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. He's not just weird and woozy and woo. He is fully God and He is the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of God that has come down to live on the inside of you and live on the inside of me. And that is the gift that Jesus gave us. And He said, that gift is so much more valuable than my presence being here on earth, that the Holy Spirit could come down and live on the inside of us, the Spirit of Jesus. And one of the things that makes this Holy Spirit so distinct from Jesus is that when Jesus came down to earth and he took on the form of a human body, he forever limited himself to the form of, of that human body. Do you know that right now, Jesus in heaven is still in a human body? And so even though God is everywhere all at the same time, Jesus set that aside for eternity so that he could come and be our savior. And so if Jesus was here in the flesh on the planet, he could only be in one place at one time. But the Holy Spirit, who is the same as Jesus, the spirit of Jesus, can be everywhere all at once. And Jesus described this spirit, this Holy Spirit, as he said, I'm going to send one. And he uses a Greek word and the word is paraclete. And all the Greek audience who was listening and Jesus would have said, I'm gonna send you a paraclete. They would have known exactly what that was. The paraclete was your uh, defense lawyer. If you were accused of a crime and you had to go into court, to try to prove your innocence, you didn't go by yourself. You went with a defense lawyer or you went with a paraclete. And that word paraclete is so beautiful. It means one who is invited to stand beside. And so we see that the Holy Spirit is literally the person of God who is invited to come and stand beside each and every one of us. He's here where I am right now. He's here with you in your room. He is with you in your car. 
as you're driving. He's with your group of friends. He's with your teenagers as they're out and you're worried about them and you don't know where they're at. The Holy Spirit is so incredible because he is the fullness of God. He is just as much God as God the Father or Jesus the Son, yet he has an ability to be everywhere all at once. I think that would overwhelm me, I'm not gonna lie. If I had to be everywhere all at once, dealing with all of our problems and all of our concerns. But the other word that Jesus used to describe the Holy Spirit, he said, is you're going to have a comforter. He not only is standing beside us, but he's on the inside of us. And he knows all of our emotions. He knows all of our fears. He knows all of our anxieties. And Jesus said, I'm going to give you a part of myself that's going to come and live on the inside of you. And not not only will I advocate for you and defend you, but I will come and I will comfort you and I will help you and I will be your counselor. God is so good. Jesus realized the value of this gift. And there's something so significant about knowing that the fullness of God is on the inside of us is with us, is always near. You know, uh, we have three teenagers, obviously. We talk about them all the time because it, it is a lot of work right now. And we have conversations with our kids so often about, are you different at school than you are at home? And what's different? And what are the things that you act different when you're with mom and dad and when you're with your friends? And I love our kids because they have really honest conversations and I won't tell you because I'm trying to cover them about the difference of when they're with us and when they're not with us and some things they just feel different about because mom and dad are there and mom and dad are watching. And of course they know it's in a loving way, but presence and awareness of presence, it really does affect how we live and act and think. And just knowing and being aware that we have this gift, the power of the fullness of God on the inside of us can really affect and change the way we act and live on a day-to-day basis. But as we talk about the Holy Spirit, I have to be honest, I've grown up in church my whole life, obviously, and you hear that from Judah and I all the time. And there's been a lot of odd, weird things, if I can really be honest, that have been done in the name of the Holy Spirit. And I don't know why I use air quotes. (laughs) That is his name. But I don't know. There's just been a lot of weird things that have been done in the name of the Holy Spirit. Can we just say that and move on? And can you just trust me? And so the words that Jesus spoke about the Holy Spirit are so important. Throughout these last words of Jesus to his disciples, as he talks about the Holy Spirit often, he actually tells us what the Holy Spirit is going to enable us to do. It's like he gave us a job description. I am a person who every job I've had, I'm really happy to have a job description. I wanna know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing so that I can know if I'm doing it right or not. Yes, I'm a rule follower and a rule keeper. Sorry, that's me. Sorry, not sorry. Um, A job description helps. And so in John, we see that Jesus tells us the job description of the Holy Spirit. The first thing that Jesus told us the Holy Spirit is going to do for us is that he is going to reveal to us who Jesus is. Jesus said multiple times throughout John, he said, the Holy Spirit is going to come and he's going to show you who I am. And he's going to bring into your remembrance everything that, he, that I've taught you. And there's this beautiful relationship of the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. He's not coming to make himself a big deal. He's actually coming to make Jesus a big deal. And here's what I find so amazing about that. 
I have to be reminded so often about how good Jesus is, about how much he loves me, about how unconditional his love is. Because Jesus is so different than any human we ever encounter on this planet, we need to consistently and continually be reminded of his goodness and his love in in our marriage. I think Judah and I probably say at least like three times a day to each other, I love you, good morning, I love you, texting night, love you. It's so weird when I actually think about it because we stood in front of each other and exchanged vows and said that I love you, I love you, yes, we love each other. We declared our love for each other, but yet we still need that reminder on a consistent basis. How much more so with Jesus who we can't see, who's not with us, who isn't on this planet any longer. We need to be reminded about him often. And when we are aware of the Holy Spirit and that his job on the inside of us is to remind us about Jesus and his love and his teachings and who he is, it gives us a whole new perspective to begin to expect that the Holy Spirit is going to do that in our lives. The second thing the Holy Spirit does that Jesus mentioned in the book of John is the Holy Spirit enables us to keep the commands of Jesus. And I know commands can seem so harsh, like what? What did Jesus command me to do? Jesus commanded us simple things, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor in the same way that Jesus loved us. Now, the reality is that's impossible. Loving my neighbor the way I love myself, which is what was in the law, that's impossible. But loving my neighbor, loving other people the same way that Jesus loves me, unconditionally, full of forgiveness and full of grace, that is absolutely impossible for us to do on our own. And maybe you're watching this sermon this morning and you find yourself tired. You're weary, you're tired, you're exhausted, you feel like giving up because you know, I'm just, I'm failing. I'm not doing it. I'm not loving people the way I should be loving. I'm being selfish. If you find yourself in that tired, weary state, then this sermon is for you. This moment is for you because you are not supposed to do it on your own. Jesus never expected us to fulfill his commandments on our own. He gave us his spirit. And so we have power that has enabled us to fulfill the commands of Jesus, which is loving God and loving our neighbors the way that God has loved us. We can do that, not on our own strength, but through the strength of the Holy Spirit. And lastly, the third thing on the job description of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will show us things to come. Now, I don't know about you, but life can be hard. Making decisions can be challenging. We don't know what is around the corner. We didn't know there was a global pandemic happening. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or the next day. But do you know that the spirit of Jesus, the fullness of God is living on the inside of us and he wants to show you things that are to come. Not in a spooky way, not so you can gamble all the sports gambling, although I think that might be a good way to do it. Like, can you give me the lotto numbers? You know, so far it hasn't worked for me. Please let me know if that happens for you. But he wants to lead us. He wants to guide us. He wants to direct us. God has good plans for our life. God, Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. And the Holy Spirit wants to show us how to walk so that we can live in that abundant life. I'll never forget, I was, one of the clearest moments I've 
felt that that touch of the Holy Spirit. I was 18 or 19 and I just broken up with my boyfriend and you know, 18, 19, come on, that's real heartbreak. And anybody who says it isn't is lying. And I was kind of managing it and doing okay with it. And then, okay, you have to remember this is the mid nineties, it's the late nineties. So I go to a Barnes and Noble and I ran into him there and I saw him and I kept a brave face and I was okay. And then I got back into my car and started driving and of course just lost it. I definitely am a crier in my car. So I was crying in my car and just like, God, did I do the right thing? Should I have broken up with him? Is this the right thing to do? And just in that moment, I can tell you exactly where I was in Portland, Oregon, driving my teal Saturn, just this peace and presence of the Holy Spirit came over me and just said, Chelsea, he's not the one for you. You can be okay. And even though I still had to deal with the loneliness and the heartbreak, I had such a supernatural peace because the Spirit of Jesus was inside of me and He didn't tell me details of what was going to come. I didn't know that Judah was going to be my husband. I just knew enough that I could keep walking to walk in the abundant life that Jesus has in store for you and for me. You have the Spirit of Jesus, the fullness of God living on the inside of you. And do you know that He wants to be involved in your everyday life? He wants to be involved in your decisions. He wants to be involved in your parenting. He wants to be involved in who you're dating. He wants to be involved in your business decisions. He wants to be involved in your finances. He wants to live a life with you. And here is what I find so amazing about the person of the Holy Spirit. And we conclude with this. There's a story in Acts where there was a group of followers of God, followers of Jesus, who were doing their best and they'd been baptized in the name of John. They were living in Ephesus. But Paul came to them and he said, have you not heard of the Holy Spirit? And like, no, we just haven't heard of him. And so Paul takes a moment to pray for them and he tells them about the Holy Spirit, probably very similarly to the way that I'm telling you about the Holy Spirit right now. And then he prays for them. And it says their response to receiving the Holy Spirit was that they started prophesying, which is talking about the future. They started speaking in other tongues, which could be an unknown language or a language that they didn't know glorifying God because the Holy Spirit had revealed to them who God is and they started loving each other. And it wasn't that the Holy Spirit wasn't with them before, but because they weren't aware of him until Paul came and talked to them about the Holy Spirit, they didn't know that they had access to this gift that's so valuable that Jesus said it's more valuable than if I was here on the planet with you. And so this morning, this moment, on, on, this, on this video, live from Singapore, my goal is to make you aware of the incredible gift of the Holy Spirit that Jesus has given you. And I pray that you would start a habit and you would start a habit of your walk, your everyday moments, that you would just take a minute to say, you know, you can, it doesn't matter who you pray to, if it's Jesus or God or the Holy Spirit, they're all the same. But just remind yourself, say, God, I know you're with me right here. I'm aware of your presence. I know you're wanting to show me Jesus. I know you're wanting to lead me. I know you're wanting to give me power so that I can love people. And as you're aware of his presence, as you're aware of the person of the Holy Spirit, literally living on the inside of you, I promise you something supernatural and significant is going to happen in your life. These three things are going to make a difference. And as we do our final close, I wanna mention this. Right before Jesus ascended into heaven, he had already resurrected, he was about to go up. The last words he said, these literally were his last words. He says, you will receive power 
when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And that word power is, the Greek word is dunamis power. It's the root word for where we get dynamite. The Holy Spirit is not just a passive person of God. He is full of power. He is supernatural. He is full of might. And he wants, he's living on the inside of us and wants to help us in these three areas. And my prayer for you, church home, my prayer for us is that we will be a community that is so aware of the person and presence of the Holy Spirit and that we expect him to do these things in our life that Jesus said he would do, that we would see the value of the Holy Spirit and we would live in that way. Can I pray for you in these moments? Jesus, I thank you for your spirit. Thank you that you saw it was so valuable that you ascended into heaven so that we could have this power and presence of your Holy Spirit. I pray for all of my friends watching. I pray that they would have a daily awareness of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Thank you so much, Jesus. And if you're watching this and maybe you're sitting with a group of friends or somebody sent you a link and this all seems kind of new and foreign to you, but something on the inside of you is saying, I think this is right. Not that you know everything or understand everything, but just something on the inside is just saying, yeah, I want to know Jesus more. I want to know the ways of Jesus more. That's you, all you have to do in a moment of faith of saying, Jesus, I believe in you. The most incredible thing happens. Jesus wants to come be your friend. He wants to be your savior. He wants to live on the inside of you and every wrong thing that you've ever done, he completely forgives and forgets. So if you just say yes, just I know you're, you're, you're not with me here in Singapore, you're somewhere else, but if you raise your hand, you'll never forget that you actually raised your hand. So right where you are, just lift up a hand and just say, I'm saying yes to Jesus. Now, not even that you understand what it means, but in this moment, you say yes to him. He has already said yes to you. You are loved and forgiven and accepted.